Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to Indie Incursion, an indie games podcast, your weekly source for all the indie games news you need to know. This week we're bringing you three awesome indie games news stories to talk about, but before I get into that, I'm going to introduce myself. I am Vaughn Hyde, alongside my illustrious co-host, the biggest of average, Josh Boys. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. How That's you been, good. Man? That's good. I'm pretty fantastic. It's a good week, dude. Oh, like, yeah? What's uh, happened? I'm playing Yu-Gi-Oh! A lot oh. more. Yeah, wow. watching Yu-Gi-Oh! as well. So oh, you're really getting mm. into this. Wait, are you actually playing with the cards, or are you playing... Uh, the... Both. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. My, I, oh, so I should say, my birthday was over the weekend. I Ooh, turned happy birthday. Yeah, I turned 24 on the 24th, wow. so that was pretty exciting. And my fiancé took me out to buy some presents, and like the 12-year-old boy I am, <laughs> I got Yu-Gi-Oh! cards in a Yu-Gi-Oh! game, so... Wow. So pretty fantastic you, uh, birthday. Really doing adult life uh, the right way. I mean, I really am because also I found out that I actually love White Claws. Yeah. I'm also, wow. I'm, I'm both a 12-year-old boy and a middle-aged woman, a middle-aged white girl. Yeah, that sounds about right. You know, yeah. I was actually at a party just the other day, and two uh, white dudes came in, and they just had a bunch of white claws, and I was like, what is going on? And they were like, it's good. I was like, okay. Have you tried one? I tried one. I mean, it tastes like juice. Yeah, I <laughs> think it just good. tastes like LaCroix with more flavor. I'm like, yeah. all right, this is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> Trulies are disgusting, though. Don't get a truly. They're Never just tried. gross. It's basically the exact same thing, but it's like... It's like you teabagged a drink with like a like a cherry instead of like oh there's cherry flavoring in here. Mm. That's what it's like. It's like the the nectar after you just dunked something right in it. Not your balls, but something else, you know. Oh, of course. Well, yeah. I mean, there might be a ball flavored one. That's true. Have you ever seen the Office episode where uh, Hide tries to come back to work for the the Office, and he like had previously put all of his lottery winnings into an energy drink for Asian homosexuals? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Daryl drinks it, and he's like, "What's that flavor?" And he's like, "Coconut penis." And he's like, "Ah, the coconut is subtle." <laughs> That's one of my favorite things in that entire series. <laughs> I mean, it's a good show. Um, what were we talking about? Coconut penis. <laughs> talking about penis. All right. That sounds, that sounds about That's right. That's why I have show. to put these uh, episodes as explicit, because it never ends up being family friendly. I mean, there's nothing wrong with penis. That's true. That's just, It's an anatomically correct term. The other That's day true. I was at work, and I said it, and somebody's like, dude, 
Someone's gonna hear you. And I was just like, Pfft. if you can't handle the word Say penis or penis? vagina, just fuck it off. Just How often are you saying penis in the workplace, though? A lot, though. <laughs> like, I don't lot. know. If, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you should change some things about that. But yeah, I guess it's not that bad, depending on the context of it. I'm not an exceptionally professional person. I like to just kind of go with the flow. Like, I'll do my job and everything and buckle down, but I don't know. Sometimes Professionalism is just a little weird. Yeah. I, I don't really get that, but, I get you know. It, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for games, I've been playing this week pretty much just playing uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Wow, it's got the longest title on Earth. It's like Evolution <laughs> of the Duelist Link something. It's fucking crazy. It's the latest Yu-Gi-Oh! game on the Nintendo Switch. I played a little bit of it. Uh, through Jaden, the Yu-Gi-Oh! GX storyline. I played a little mm. bit of that one while also watching Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. Pretty fantastic. I would absolutely recommend that experience. And I bought it physically, just naturally. Uh, but you also yeah, got three course. cards that are exclusive. So I was like, oh, hell yeah. I'm going to buy yeah. it physically. Yeah, they suck. I'm never going to use them. <laughs> but... Cause I don't have a like a junk yeah. deck or anything. Where do you uh, where do you keep all this useless shit you keep buying? I have a whole room. Yeah, I live in a two bedroom like two bathroom apartment in mm. Boise, Idaho. Yeah, feel free to track me down if I don't know you want some fisticuffs <laughs> or just want to hang out. I guess. Um, wow, two totally polar opposite <laughs> ideas. <laughs> but yeah, I live in a two bedroom apartment. My roommate, we had a roommate when we initially lived here. Um, and then he moved out and my fiance and I can just afford it by ourselves. So I turned the additional bedroom into like my little game room. So mm. that's where my whole setup is in here. And I've got shelves with all my physical merchandise and such on it. It's pretty dope. Wow. Nice. Nice. Well, good to hear you're at least doing well off. I don't know what well off means in Idaho, but I'm sure it's good. Uh, you live in an apartment, I guess. You have some place to live. I don't really know. Yeah, cost of living is a little weird. That's why I'm glad I live in, like, podunk nowhere comparatively. Oh, it's much then, different. Yeah, it's it's much cheaper here. But from what I understand, all there's a lot of people trying to move here from California. And um, everyone here whines about the traffic because of Californian people and whines about the housing market going up because of people coming <sighs> from California. How could they? Yeah, yeah, it's... It's a depressing life we lead out here in Potatoville. <laughs> I mean, at least you're getting more more people in there. Shouldn't you be happy, you know? I don't know. More it's a pretty big community. city. Yeah, it's it's not too bad. They already kind of had a shitload of people. Uh, I guess just not as much to do out there. Yeah, yeah. What's the, I mean, what's the big thing to do in Idaho? Um, I wouldn't know because I sit inside. But, uh, <laughs> All right. Good. There's a bar downtown called the Space Bar. It's an arcade bar. Everyone keeps telling me I'd love it. I don't know. I just I don't want to go outside. Maybe if they have white claws, I'll go. You know? Maybe. Yeah, because there's no <laughs> laws when you're drinking claws. I've I've heard that probably 30 million times within the past week. Mm, also very wrong, but yes. Yeah, I guess some uh, news organization like Vice or what was it, the Washington Post, somebody actually put out an article specifying... There are still laws when you're drinking claws. <laughs> it's good. The people really needed to know that just to be reassured because, you know, clearly you might get confused. You know for a fact there's some dumbass out there who's going to hear it and be like, wait, really? <laughs> like, okay. Like, no. What? If you're just, there's just too many dumb criminals on earth. I'm going to be honest. The only reason I hate criminals, which sounds a little bad. This is going to be Tri- weird It sounds sense. bad. 
The only reason I truly hate criminals is because most of them are stupid. It's like you could easily get away with crimes, dude. Just fucking do it correctly. Jeez, I'm not a criminal. So I guess I'm not speaking from experience, but I feel like it'd be really easy to hide a dead body. I'm just saying. <laughs> I feel like you should not be saying this. <laughs> Especially like on the record. You're like, we're recording. Do you want to like delete that part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll just we'll clip that part out. <laughs> so what you playing this week, Big Josh Boy? <laughs> um, so the main thing that I've been playing, I got addicted to a game called Minion Masters. Um, this is a game that came out like a long time ago and I guess it was in early access back in like 2016. Uh, but I had just never really heard of it. And recently they had this discounted, uh, pack where it was like, Hey, get some characters and some, some stuff in the game for free. Cause the game's normally free to play, but it's one of those, like you play it enough so you can buy champions and buy things in the game. And so they had this promotion and me and my, a couple of buddies were like, Oh, okay, we'll check it out. And essentially what it is, is, hold your breath, it's a card game. Um, What? I know, crazy, right? It's essentially a card game where you build a deck of 10 cards. I think it's 10 cards. And your deck will shuffle through those 10 cards, and you'll get to pick four at a time while you're playing the game. And as you pick one, it'll shuffle through, and it'll keep going until you cycle through all your cards, and it just continues. But what happens is you're playing against another person, or you're playing a team battle with two people against two, where you have a specific master who is controlling those minions, And each of those masters have different abilities and different perks that level up as you're playing each one of the matches. And so it's kind of like a a mix between a tower defense game and uh, a card game where what happens is you have like kind of a football field size area and half of the football field is your area. The other half is theirs and you have bases at the end of each side. In the middle, there's two bridges, one on the top and one on the bottom. And your minions that you summon on your side will basically just walk towards one of the bridges based on where you put them. And they'll go from one side to attack their side. And likewise, they'll put minions that will walk over and try to attack yours. So it's uh, a game that has a good amount of strategic element to it because as you hold the bridge, meaning your enemy was the last one to walk on that bridge, you'll gain experience. And as you gain experience, your characters get better levels they start to retain more mana which is what you use for the cards Um, there's a lot of holding the bridge getting your enemies or your minions across having your minions kill them not letting their minions get across to attack your uh, defense or your keep and essentially going all the way until you destroy their keep and get their life points to zero so it's it's a little odd at first, but it's just a tower defense game where you're using those cards to summon things, and you're trying to effectively destroy their tower before they destroy yours. Um, it's a lot of fun because it's it, it has that good element of that just one more, just one more mentality. So when you're playing, the games are only, like, they can be as short as 59 seconds was my shortest game, which is, like, really, really quick. Or as long as, like, 10 minutes. That's, like, the longest I've ever played. So, generally, the average is they'll go from, like, 2 to 4 minutes, and you'll play a match. And so, it has that element of, like, oh, I could just play one more. I could just play one more. I could just play one more. And then, like, two hours go by, and I'm like, oh, what happened? Which is an awesome thing and terrible at the same time, because it is a weird, like, 
I got to stop playing this, but it's, it's good because now that I'm not as like in that same, Oh, I just got into it. I got to play it a ton. It's good to just go in there and know that, Hey, I have 20 minutes. I can play like two or three matches and just go in, play, have a good time and then jump right out. Um, it's pretty nice. Some of the, the things that I like about it is there's a lot of different elements to it. And I'm guessing that's because this is like a game that's been out for technically three to four years. Um, in the fact of they have a lot of different modes. They have one mode where you play by yourself against someone, one mode where you play with another person against two people, one mode where they do this weird expedition thing where they try to give you these, um, essentially like a, a quest to do in announced, uh, in between fighting those different people, just the random people on the internet. They have a draft mode where it, it will give you random masters and random cards that you can pick through and try to build a deck right from that and then see like who has the best and go up head to head with other people. Um, and then they have a couple of other modes. So there's like a lot to do in this game, especially for a free game. And it's not at the point where you're like, wow, I need to spend money in this. It's just, oh, I have to play a lot to get the new characters, but they have like weekly rotations. And as you level up, they're giving you extra cards that you can play with and things like that and gold and rupees and shards are like these random currencies that you get just from playing the game so you don't technically need to spend any actual money in it oh okay cool i was gonna ask you about it if it was like really apparent and in your face about microtransactions no so it's a good um it's it's a good balance of you definitely could buy into this game and, you know, go for the elements of customization as far as like, oh, I want to get this skin for my character or, oh, I want to buy these crafting materials to make cards so I could just do this quicker to get the deck that I want. But you don't necessarily need to. And especially early on, you really have a pretty level playing field because everyone's at the same area as you. Um, and at least from what I can tell in the first like 20 to 30 games you play, everyone is like really bad. So I don't know. Like, I feel like I haven't lost more than like one or two games. And the only games that I've been losing is because I play pre-made with friends who have already played the game and they're like at platinum level where I'm only silver. So I'm playing against, uh, uh, like gold people. So it's, a little bit more difficult at times we'll lose like one or two here or there but it still seems pretty easy so it's not like you need to buy into this as long as you pick up the game mechanic and understand you know hey i want to always control the bridge to have the most experience i want to use certain enemies that are flying rather than the ranged ones because you know they're better for those <laughs> melee people who are on the ground and like there's it's kind of like a rock paper scissor thing of the different enemy types there are so you just need to learn those basic mechanics and once you have that you can generally grind your way through mm, i i'm just not a big fan of car games you know big josh boy like i, I know I mean, you're the biggest fan humanly possible but i, I really just can't not. get into it i swear i'm not it's just all the all the games coming out lately have these card elements to it but like i mean this this really isn't like Okay, so this is why, yes, I like card games in this kind of fact of, oh, it's a card game, but it's not like a Hearthstone just, you know, playing against someone card to card. Like, this has a totally unique element of placing those minions, which are just cards or spells, technically. But, like, you can re... you could say any other word. You could just say it's, you know, these are your tokens 
or something. These are your minions. They don't have to be cards. It's just is cards. Mm. Is the other game you're playing also cards or not a? The other game. What? Other oh, game? I thought you were playing two games this nah, week. Nah, just I'm just stuck on this game, Minion Masters. I mean, really? I, I'm yeah. I mean, I'm playing other games, but nothing worth mentioning. Just games that I've talked about before, so I won't. I won't bring those up. Yeah, I've pretty much been addicted to Minion Masters. I played a good Minion like, Masters is specifically worth noting. <laughs> yeah, it's specifically. I mean, I think it is. I, I'm having a blast with it. I totally believe you. I, I might have like uh, spaced out when you said this, but and that sounds bad. But <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> um, you said this was initially on PC. Are you playing this on your phone or on the Switch? No, 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 no. It's uh, on PC. I don't think it's on other ports. Uh, oh, okay. Look up. Yeah, I'm playing it specifically on PC, but I don't think there is any other area. Yeah, it looks like it's only for Windows and Mac, so I'm assuming this is only via Steam. Um, but on the the actual, like, I've seen Reddit posts and I've seen on the forums, like, people are asking for this to be on Switch. I think it would do really well on Switch. Um, it doesn't lend itself as well to, uh, the fact that you have to be precise with where you're placing your minions and your spells. So it would be a little slower paced without the obvious, just, you know, having a mouse to drag and drop where you want things to go. But it is doable. Like one of my, my friends, when I was over at his house, when he showed me the game, he had one of those steam link controllers and he was able to use that to play. Although it obviously wasn't as well as it could be um but I, I think it's doable i mean you always could just use the uh if they ever do port it to switch or mobile you could always use the touch screens on it um the, yeah. the switch's touch screen isn't too bad i've i've used it a little bit to play Yu-Gi-Oh, but not too much um because mm-hmm. i've got these fat like sausage fingers but <laughs> I mean, I guess you could do it because there's only four cards you realistically have to play at one time. So you would just use the four like A, B, X, Y buttons. And then I guess you would just use the uh, analog stick to just move where you want your cursor to be. And then you would just click that button to play it maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I imagine it would be just as annoying as any other like, I don't know. I'm not going to say like point and click game, but something similar to like an old school Baldur's Gate kind of an old an older school rpg like pillars of eternity i think right. recently just came to the switch <clears throat> um and it, i i don't know it's on pc it seems like it would be much more accurate because it's right. a little weird on consoles i mean you uh, i haven't played it on the switch but i played it on ps4 you mm-hmm. can switch it to where you just use the joysticks and stuff like that but it's mm. uh it's a little weird because you can also like just toggle and use like the pinpoint similar to using a mouse and keyboard it's odd it's it's a weird (laughs) game i actually want to get back into pillars of eternity i thought about buying it on switch but then the little voice in the back of my head that sounds like big josh boy is like don't you already own it (laughs) see i'm i'm doing i'm doing good deeds there yeah you're rubbing off on me (laughs) keeping you i mean maybe i'm keeping you away from those things you know never know you don't i don't know what you do while i'm sleeping you know i mean yeah i fly all the way to idaho (laughs) as far as i know you live around the corner you're like yeah i live in florida with the alligators and i'm like i haven't seen any pictures what's up big josh boy yeah i actually i'm actually your roommate oh that's crazy you're like i live in the walls I, i am the walls 
Oh my god. Okay, I forget what this movie was. There's a movie that came out a long time ago with the guy who plays Negan in The Walking Dead, and it's about like this this woman who moves in to an apartment and this guy's like her landlord and they end up striking up kind of a friendship and then occasionally eventually a relationship and it turns out that he is like I don't think living but spying on her through her walls. And the like, uh, he, I, I believe at one point in time in the movie, he's like behind a mirror that's like a one way, like glass mirror. Hmm. It's pretty creepy. That's, that sounds creepy. Yeah. Just randomly going to bring that up just in the podcast. It's a freaky ass movie. Is it called 13 cameras? I'm at, I don't know. Maybe I can't okay. remember it all. I just typed landlord spying on tenant in movie. <laughs> that's what came up <laughs> uh, surprisingly there's a lot there's a freakish amount of that specific storyline where it's like yeah just the landlord being a creep mm. i mean i, I guess mean, it kind of accurately depicts like human existence is just people being creeps yeah i mean i'm sure this kind of stuff happens a lot unfortunately <laughs> yes yes very unfortunate speaking of unfortunate circumstances i think it's about time we hop into our first news story don't you big josh boy I feel like you should have transitioned with, but you know what's not unfortunate, and then went into the stories. Oh, that's a good point. Well, I mean, it is somewhat unfortunate because over oh, on IGN, I, we're going to talk about Ion Fury why devs. Does it make it, <laughs> makes it sound like you're shit-talking IGN. No, no, sorry. Yeah, it's just the story is somewhat unfortunate. Um, yes, I Am Fury is. devs take back decision to remove homophobic remarks in-game. Uh, so this is written by Matt Kim. To give you a little bit of background on what's up with Ion Fury, uh, other than the fact that they used to be Ion Maiden and then had to change their name because of Iron Maiden, which was real dumb. We joked about it. It was funny. And then it turns out <laughs> that the developers on their specific Discord had made uh transphobic remarks and among other things like including a uh like this stupid bottle in there it's basically like a shampoo bottle in their game that instead of saying olay says okay and Mm -hmm. they apparently if you hacked ion fury you could actually go through a wall in some weird way and you could see an additional uh like homophobic remark that actually says like the derogatory term for for homosexual people that starts with an f i don't want to say it Mm -hmm. um but it says like that bag or whatever it's it's really stupid um and apparently that i i have heard stories i heard on kind of funny games daily when they reported on this that the like the f bag thing was actually included from an outside source it is not from i i believe void point is actually the developers of ion fury they did not put that in the game it was from an outside source that supposedly english is not their first language and that word would not have meant the same thing. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure. It's it's really weird. Um, that's I don't really know what to believe with that. But I don't I don't think so. that sounds way too coincidental. <laughs> yeah, it it, it kind of sounds like an excuse, if anything. But after all of this initially came out, uh, Void Point and 3D Realms, the publisher of Ion Fury, uh, came out and. S- 
they apologized and uh, are donating. They pledged $10,000 to the uh, LGBT nonprofit, the Trevor Project, and initially had said that they were going to remove the like stupid face wash bottle or whatever from their game and they have already supposedly removed the f-bag comment um and they have i i believe they have actually apologized for their transphobic remarks as well on their discord uh but now i believe this is possibly a week after these stories broke now they've come out uh void point has and it is uh, in a new post on Steam from Richard. Okay, I'm not going to read that. A uh, lead developer <laughs> of Ion Fury. A joint statement was shared by both Voidpoint and 3D Realms, stating that they will not be removing any homophobic content from Ion Fury, counteracting what was uh, vocalized previously after the developers made transphobic and sexist remarks in their Discord channel. The statement can uh, be read as below. Joint statement from Voidpoint and 3D Realms. We've caused a recent controversy suggesting uh, Ion Fury game content was to be censored. We will absolutely not be censoring Ion Fury or any other... Yeah, for some reason I thought I said it Ion Maiden. I don't know why. Ion Fury (laughs) or any any other of our games now or in the future, including but not limited to removing... Removing gags such as gaming's most controversial facial wash. Uh, We do not support censorship of creative works in any kind... Um, oh, of any kind, and regret our initial decision to alter a sprite in the game instead of trusting our instincts. 3D Realms and Voidpoint stand together on this matter. Um, last but not least, please respect our need to keep our community forum clean from hateful messages, spam, uh, or off-topic threads. We recognize our mistake um, and have received your messages loud and clear. 3D Realm followed up with their own statement. Uh, however, the soapbox will not be removed um yeah they are still donating to the trevor project and they're going to undergo sensitivity training but they will no longer uh be removing the soap bottle i'm not going to read through 3d realms's uh statement there i I really just want to focus on some of the stuff that ion uh the iron fury devs said and Mm -hmm. my take on this is honestly I think they actually did not have any problem with censorship and they have said supposedly that it was actually their community that had a problem with censorship and they kind of flocked to them and ended up like really bolstering their reviews on Steam and kind of, I I don't know, the like anti-rage culture people, I Mm -hmm. guess. I I don't really know how to, I don't know what they're wanting to be called, Uh, but they flocked to the Iron Fury devs and really started to back them, and I'm assuming actually purchased Ion Fury. And what I believe happened was Voidpoint saw this, and they decided to buckle down and not actually remove it because it actually helps them financially. Mm-hmm. I I think this was entirely based on all the clout they're getting for being kind of like a controversial game studio. I imagine in their next game, they're going to do something fairly similar and they're just going to kind of ride this wave all the way to the bank. That's kind of my, my thought process on this. I I don't think they're doing this to, I don't know. I, I don't think they're not removing it because they're, blatantly homophobic i i don't think they're doing Mm. this in a really i don't think they're meaning to do this in a really really rude way i think they're just doing this for monetary gain and that's about it for me 
Yeah, no, I could see that. I mean, it kind of makes sense. Because, like, I mean, the one thing I don't respect from this is, like, first off, it's, I mean, it's not funny. Like, <laughs> who cares? Um, but the fact that the studio is flip-flopping, like, clearly there's no consensus on really what they find morally correct or incorrect in this. And that's kind of more the issue than whether or not they change a stupid soap bottle. Um, I also, I think it's funny that they call it creative works when all they did was change one letter. Yeah. In a soap bottle. Like this, this is not like your creative genius of thinking you're funny because you called it gay instead of lay. Um, and the fact that the the whole f bag is in there, like that, you know, these stupid mistakes do happen, and they say it's blamed on one developer, but like, I don't know, was anything done about that? Like, I know it was removed, but I also think it's weird that Void Point and uh, in that case, 3D Realms was so behind them for it without, like, I don't know, it just seems like a weird time to be so on that side of the fence and see this is why i believe it's so much of a like a monetary gain for them because it seems like 3d realms was very vocal about there being a zero tolerance policy they won't allow this kind of stuff and it and it seems like they saw all these people flocking to them to defend what is like being censored kind of a thing Mm -hmm. to to do like anti-censorship people i don't know i keep saying just the anti of other people but because i don't know what to call them but i feel like they saw all these people flock to them and realized that there is like money in this there there's i don't know that they probably could foster a community out of these people instead of i i don't know this i feel like this is just like when people got angry at ooblets it ended up kind of bolstering the sales of these games or at least people are talking about these games more than they ever would have before yeah just I'll... because of like controversial uh quote-unquote controversial stuff i'm saying that about ooblets not about this this stuff's yeah, fucked up no. the same the same concept of like the bad publicity is still good publicity because it's getting the name out there kind of a thing and yeah i mean that's like that's all ion fury has been is like publicity on the side of like issues and litigation concerns um which Granted, th- like those type of stories, like the fact that it got attacked and couldn't be Ion Maiden, the fact that it's getting attacked because they need to change a soap bottle and now they won't. Like, yeah, it it's like some of them are dumb and some of them are just like, you know, stories that really shouldn't have to be a thing, in my opinion. But like it, it just seems like they're definitely kind of riding those coattails. Um I don't know. I don't know if the oh gay thing is really like the end of the world. Like there's part of me that's like, yeah, I can understand why some people would be like, eh, why does it really need to be censored? But at the same time, it is just, you know, derogatory for no reason. And like, it's not, a, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's not like this is a creative thing. It's not like this is like, um, like some kind of immaculate, like artwork of some <laughs> stancher. I, I don't, I don't, really have words for it it's just it's just a lot of nonsense in my opinion yeah it's not like they're taking some sort of like political stance or anything Uh, like they're clearly not because they're also donating like what like that's the thing with this is like pick a side then like what are you doing yeah that is something that i find super annoying about this too is that if you were so anti-censorship then 
why didn't you like just stand your ground beforehand? Why did you only like I, I initially they buckled and then mm-hmm. kind of found support from just some random ass other people and then they're like, Oh, okay, you know what? Our community says that we shouldn't censor our game. So we're just not gonna do that. It's dumb. This is so stupid. <laughs> I can't believe yeah. that this is a story in 2019 that somebody's like refusing to re- to remove that. I I don't know. And I've heard like other stuff where they're like, "Oh yeah, if they they changed it to be something other like uh on on KFGD they talked about how it would be funny if they changed the like oh gay thing to like soy boys and stuff like that. Like actually made somewhat of a a funny political joke in a mm-hmm. way that it would have made it would have made sense and it would have been them i don't know it that's just a more creative like it's it's actually funny i i don't know how to feel about this it's just so stupid i don't get it just fucking change it or don't be a little bitch about it in the first place don't be like oh yeah we'll buckle to everybody and then act like the entire time you had these altruistic ideas right yeah i don't know but i mean i like at the same time there's uh the whole point of some people just won't enjoy the game and it's not for them so it's kind of like well if you don't believe in their morals or their you know interest in the jokes that they make don't fund them and don't back them and that's kind of all you can really do like at the same time whatever they have their own creative rights to i guess put that kind of stuff in regardless of it being you know kind of shitty of a thing to do but like just definitely don't you know fund them or have interest in their projects i guess yeah yeah that's a just vote with your wallet i am glad it, it, the only thing that's like nice about this is that they are donating that they're pledging that ten thousand dollars to this uh non-profit i think that's mm-hmm. good uh but that's that's really the only nice thing coming out of this story yeah it's just like, i oh, mean yeah. like it's i mean granted yeah it's a great thing but like if you're going to mock a a people like and then just be like oh well the way to appease that is i'll just give them money every time i say something shitty about them like that it's not really a good thing in the end like just throwing money at problems like granted it will obviously make up for some stature of it but like it's still a shitty thing at the end of the day (laughs) Yeah, that's very true. That is kind of like an an issue in our society is the ability to do the most fucked up shit and then just sweep it under the rug by making a donation kind of a thing. They're like, oh, yeah, I have the money. Um, I still feel the way I did before. Didn't really learn anything, but I'm $10,000 less rich, I guess. Not saying that these guys are rich. It's just, I, I, I see what you're saying. It's not necessarily like a good thing because they get to just go. They just get to leave having, having done this stuff and kind of swept it under the rug. It's, it's really dumb. Uh, but speaking of under rugs, cause that segue makes absolutely no sense. Uh, our next article (laughs) is still on IGN. It is written by Adam Bankhurst and it is shovel Knight dig announced new shovel Knight treasure trove details announced. Uh, so this is pretty dope. I'm very, very excited about this yacht club games has announced shovel Knight dig a brand new game and adventure for the titular character from 2014 shovel Knight, And, 
and has also revealed more details on King of Cards, Showdown, Plague Knight, Spectre Knight, and King Knight Amiibo, and new features heading to Shovel Knight Treasure Trove. Announced by Yacht Club Games, Shovel Knight Dig is also being worked on by Nitrome, I believe Nitrome. is how you say that. Nitrome, okay. Yeah, it the is people being... who did uh, Bomb Chicken. Oh, okay. I actually really like the art style of Bomb Chicken, and I like it. It seems like they they have really. Now that you say that, I actually think about the art style in uh, Shovel Knight Dig, and it seems like they really lent. They they really seemingly like created a lot of Shovel Knight's digs like art style. It looks really good. Mm-hmm. I I mm-hmm. like it a lot. Um, so Nitrome and has been in development for over a year although it is quite a ways it has quite a ways to go following drill knight and his dastardly digging crew uh blasting apart shovel knight's peaceful campsite and stealing his loot shovel knight grabs his shovel blade and begins chasing after them players will jump slash dig their (laughs) and dig their way uh and down through the chasm, Mr. Shovel Knight dig. Yeah. I'm, dig, 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 I'm, dig, dig. Yeah, there's a lot of digging in this. I will say, Drill Knight looks fucking cool. He looks <laughs> awesome. He kind of looks like a bee drill, but mixed with a knight. It's awesome. I mean, <laughs> that seems fairly obvious considering he's a Drill Knight, but it's freaking cool, guys. It's <laughs> awesome. I'm also very excited for all of the... uh, So, if you're going to PAX West, you can actually try out the demo for Shovel Knight Dig, uh, Mm -hmm. the Spore Knight stage. And in addition to Shovel Knight Dig, Yacht King Games also uh, offered updates on King of Cards Showdown, Amiibos, and more. The Amiibo (coughs) 3-pack featuring Plague Knight, Spectre Knight, and King Knight will be available in December 2019. Each unlock new costumes in Shovel Knight. Uh, The Boom Tech Plague Knight, which looks fucking sweet i love plague knight and the boom tech shit looks awesome the lich lord specter knight which i'm gonna be honest i think just normal specter knight looks way cooler same thing with the ultimate supreme king knight i think king knight just looks just looks cool by himself i really think the the big like the big addition to this mm-hmm. is boom tech plague knight he looks dope dude <laughs> he's got those big like bottles on his shoulders <sighs> I just love it so much. Plague Knight is so cool. He's so underrated. Uh, The Amiibo will also make the costumes available in Showdown and will unlock new platforming challenges with each game's challenge mode. Uh, Lastly, the Amiibo will unlock a fairy friend that will follow you through the game uh, and throughout your adventures. That is pretty cool. I wonder if the fairy will do anything or just be there. Yeah, I don't know. For the You're talking about the co-op mode thing? No, how the amiibo offers just oh, a amiibo. fairy. Yeah, a fairy friend that will follow the player throughout their adventures. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's it's a little weird. Um, as far as other features, uh, Shovel of Hope, Shovel Knight's main campaign, will add a third option for character pronouns, allowing players to choose they or them if they so choose. Uh, players wow. will be... Yeah, that is... I mean, that's that's an interesting bit of, like... It's not necessarily, I I guess it is in a way accessibility. So now you can choose, because I don't think it's actually been necessarily confirmed that Shovel Knight is like what gender Shovel Knight is. Right. I mean, I I, I don't really know. I I never thought about it, honestly, until right now. But I think that's pretty cool. It's an interesting thing to add. Uh, Players will be able to. Yeah. 
Players will be able to earn Shovel of Hope features while playing co-op. Uh, Plague of Shadows now has an alchemy quick select option, and Spectre of Torment will gain five all-new platforming challenges. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, Korean and traditional simplified Chinese languages uh, and further accessibility options, including screen flash and screen shake reduction and colorblind palettes for king of cards will also be added uh for those completionists out there small flags and medals will be displayed on the title screen to denote your accomplishments that's kind of weird <laughs> that is an interesting thing to add that i imagine people will actually enjoy it's kind of like adding achievements or like platinum trophies and such yeah it's just something cool to look at like your collection of flags i mean yeah, gotta gotta get all the flags, you know. That is very true. Um, and lastly, the King of Cards campaign is complete and coming soon, although no further release date was given, and a physical Xbox One version of Shovel Knight Treasure Trove has been announced alongside PlayStation Four and Nintendo Switch. So, are you gonna play Shovel Knight Dig? Are you gonna buy these Amiibo? I'm de- <laughs> I already I've been waiting for no these way. Amiibo for a long time. To- for a long time, I'm very yeah. excited about this. No, I'm definitely not buying no Amiibo. No way. But uh, Shovel Knight Dig actually looks pretty cool. It um, it kind of, like, to be honest, Shovel Knight Dig kind of looks like what this game should have been. I know it's going to sound weird, but, like, with the character and, like, who he is, Shovel Knight Dig actually, like, Shovel Knight actually digging makes a lot of sense, thematic, like, thematically. So I mean, he I, digs on occasion. To dig well, up like treasure. <laughs> he's a shovel knight. You think he would do more? I don't know. Shield knight doesn't do shit. She <laughs> gives, I'm just saying. These knights don't necessarily always do the things they say they're going to do. All right. Well, he decided to finally do his job. And uh, it looks That's pretty fair. good. I, I definitely think that this is something that I could get into. I feel like, to be honest, this structure of gameplay, I might like more than regular shovel knight. Um, I was a pretty big fan of it, but I I feel like this will be a little bit better, but we'll have to see. Obviously I've just gotten, you know, flashy, cool scenes from a trailer. The actual gameplay mechanic of it, of going through might be not as great just because I feel like this will get a little repetitive with digging through the worlds. Uh, and probably a little button mashy too, because the one issue with this is it seems like you're constantly just going down. Uh, so I don't know if you're going to be limited to that, you know, small confined space. So that might be tough to work with, but then again, you know, I'm sure there's ways that they've gotten around that to make it still feel more expansive as far as the world that you're in. Uh, I don't know. It looks pretty nice. And the, 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 uh, the King, King of Cards version, uh, that's part of having the treasure trove. Like if I have that already, I get that game, right? Like that was part of the thing. Yeah, I believe it's just going to be updated, um, and you get it for free just like having the, uh, like when the Plague Knight DLC and Spectre Knight DLCs came out, you just got them. Right, okay, because I have, which one do I have? I have the, where is S in my list of games? I would assume you have Treasure Trove yeah, if you have, have it on the Nintendo Switch. No, I have it, uh, I have it on PC, but I have mm. Treasure Trove, so if I'm just getting that game, then, man, that's awesome, because this one actually looks really cool. I definitely like the mechanics that the knight, or the king has. I like his little dash and his, like, spin jump across things. I feel like that'll be really fun to 
pair into the enemies and to like dash your way across the world. Have you played through uh, Plague Knight or Spectre Knight stories? I played through Plague Knight and then uh, Spectre Knight, I, I didn't like the mechanic. I just couldn't get used to it. And so I fell off of it. You didn't like surfing on his scythe? No, nah, I couldn't. I couldn't <sighs> do it. It's so it. cool. Plague Knight is definitely my favorite just because of his design. I think it's so cute and cool. But mm-hmm. Spectre Knight is fucking dope, dude. Spectre <laughs> Knight's so cool. I didn't actually check out the uh, the King of Cards stuff, but I am really excited for it just because I want some more Shovel Knight. I like how in Shovel Knight Dig they have, like, you see familiar enemy archetypes. You see familiar just, like, uh, relics. You see familiar mm-hmm. characters. There's so much about this, but then they have that awesome, like, updated style that updated right. art style i love it so much dude yeah, this is my jam right here it's it's really interesting too because this is especially if they're you know saying that nitrome is effectively working on this like and i'm sure yacht club cop the yacht club games is still putting in a fair amount as well but like this is an interesting development just because yacht club is it looks like trying to start becoming more of a publisher than a developer with this because they just recently had that announcement a few months back about the one messenger kind of look-alike is Cyber game. Shadow, I think. Yeah, I think it was something like that. Um, so I wonder if they're trying to go into a direction of just being like, oh, you know, we created our one staple uh, mascot. Now we're going to try to push this off and have other people work on games and try to help them become like, you know, popular or actually make something of their name but not as much working on them developing the games themselves yeah with all this news coming out about shovel knight in this i'm kind of worried that yacht club might be spreading themselves too thin because like Mm -hmm. we we talked about before they have the shovel knight board game and then they also have this new shovel knight dig they're publishing uh the cyber shadow game they are like doing the king of cards dlc the amiibos and and uh, or amiibo i guess is the actual plural term i i think um they're just (laughs) They're doing so much that I'm afraid... I, I don't know how large this development studio is, but I'm afraid they might like accidentally just pull themselves too thin. They, they just stretch yeah. themselves too thin. Yeah, well, I think that's kind of the reason why they're doing that, you know, having They're just other taking a backseat. Yeah, taking a backseat and more managing the actual creation of a lot of these things. I obviously don't know the inner dynamics of the company, so I can't really say one way or the other, but it, it seems interesting, and I wonder if, as time goes on, we're going to get more products coming through, sho- or I almost called them Shovel Knight, <laughs> through Yacht Club Games that they're not going to be specifically working on. Yeah, I'll be I'll be really interested to see what happens. Uh, but speaking of publishers, our last news story that we're going to cover today is over on GameSpot. It is written by Jordan Ramey? Maybe? Rain? Rami? Rami? Something like that. Uh, You're a sentient grape knight in Viz Media's upcoming pixel graphic adventure game. Uh, Just to be clear, it's not really Viz Media's. They're just, like, publishing it. So... Mm -hmm. It's actually like Rose City Games is, and even then, Rose City Games is actually just, I believe, helping publish this game. It is developed by somebody else, but I cannot mm. remember the developer's name. Uh, but Viz Media has announced the third and final title that's being made in partnership with Rose City Games, a pixel graphic adventure game called uh, Garden Story. Stars a sentient grape who's also an aspiring knight. It looks so cute. That's a, that's editorializing. Dude, just freaking 
get that shit out of here. This is news. Okay. Uh, the Super announcement cute. facts. It really is. I actually love this. <laughs> uh, the announcement of Garden Story was accompanied by the release of a new trailer that showed some of the gameplay and quirky characters. From a top-down perspective, you explore a variety of environments such as quiet towns and dangerous-looking caves. In combat, you have a wooden pick that acts like a sword. You also have access to a backpack uh, full of all sorts of items you collect, such as a dousing rod. Uh, isn't a dousing rod what you use to find water? Mm, isn't that to put out fires? I don't fucking know. I'm not hundred percent sure. I feel like a dousing rod is what you use to to find water, like in the desert. Dousing um, rod. Yeah. Uh... Is a twig or rod uh, that is two L-shaped ones individually called a dousing rod, dividing rod. Vining rod, witch rod, dousing rods use other equipment. Okay, that didn't help me at all. <laughs> I know. I keep seeing all this stuff on dousing rods about what they are, but not what they do. Yeah, I believe they help you find water sources. And in this trailer, he does not pull out a dousing rod. He pulls out a fishing rod. So, mm. I yeah. just... Yeah, dousing is a type of divination employed in attempts to locate groundwater, buried metals or ores, gemstones, oils, grave sites, and many objects, other objects and materials without the use of scientific apparatus. That's what I thought. Maybe I might have seen it wrong in the trailer, but I'm fairly certain that is a fishing rod. That's just mm. I'm fairly certain he just fishes. I don't know. These are the real facts, you know? That's true. This is really what we need to know. Uh, I'm really excited for this. I've been following this on Twitter for quite some time. Uh, this uh, Viz Media has had a long history of existing on the fringes of game of the games industry, publishing well-received manga about popular video game series like The Legend of Zelda and Pokemon. In February 2018, Viz Media announced a partnership with Rose City Games to create three manga-style games. The first visual novel uh, meets puzzle battle game, The World Next store releases in march or released in march 2019 while the second uh dungeon crawler cat lady is scheduled to be released later this year currently garden story has a planned release of spring 2020 for pc are you gonna pick up garden story are you excited about it uh no wow <laughs> that was <laughs> fucked up <laughs> i know uh by the way the developer is picogram P-I-C-O Graham. I knew yeah, it wasn't Rose City Games. Yeah, Rose City Games is also publishing it with Viz Media as per their Steam page. Yeah, they're like co-publishing. So I, I Yeah. That's so I a don't know. misleading headline. It is not yeah. developed or created by Viz Media. They're just publishing it. Yeah. So uh, you know, a little bit of facts there. But um I'm not too interested in it just because I mean, it, it looks cool, but this is probably one of those games where, like, I would wait until it's either, like, on sale or free on one of those Epic Game Store things <laughs> randomly. Um, not to say this is bad. This just doesn't seem like my style of game. It looks very um, very close to something that came out recently, Forager, um, which is another, you know, super cool game as far as going through and building out kind of a city and then going through into weird little dungeons and being able to fight and something. But it's like, it looks to me like it's so much that like, there's not going to be one perfect element of the game. You know, when, when a game tries to do too many things at once, it's like, it's pretty adequate in many of those areas, but it's not like a home run in one. 
and that's kind of what I feel like this will be, unfortunately. Um, I mean, I could be very well wrong, but it just doesn't look like something I would play. It looks super cute, though. Like, I do like the animation. I like the, the concept of it, but I just don't think this is for me. Yeah, I really like the cutesy nature. I, I've realized in my old age of 24 that I'm a big fan of cute things. I uh, recently have followed a lot of Twitter profiles that are based on rating cats and dogs because I think they're cute. Um, yeah, feel free to follow me at High Legion. A lot of cat stuff. A lot yeah. of. Did you see that otter thing I posted the other day? Yeah, that was fantastic. That's so cute. I, I love otters. You seen that one that's like just thought I'd brighten your day, and it's like the otter with the little baby otter. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's good <laughs> stuff. Twitter's a fantastic place as long as you know where to look. You know what I mean? Uh, just but the cute animals. <laughs> Garden story. I I think it looks awesome. I'm really excited for it. I like the cutesy characters. I think the world looks really interesting. Um, I'll. I'm I'm interested to see what the price point is going to be. Um, that's and a good I'm also. Point. Yeah, I'm I'm also really interested to see if Viz Media, like going forward, starts to partner with different independent publishers slash developers to do this kind of stuff. I think that would be really, really cool uh, because they already chose these three awesome games, the, the World Next Door, Cat Lady, and now Garden Story, which once again, Garden Story does not have like an anime aesthetic. Neither did Cat Lady. Yeah, like, this is what I'm kind of like. What what really is Viz Media doing in the background? Like, I understand they're a publisher, but like, what are like, are they actually helping from like an artistic point of view from you know certain elements, or are they just like here have some money and do stuff? I would assume it's just here have some money because yeah. it seems like they like they went to look for different developers that were making. I uh, making like specifically making anime style games, quote unquote. I would say mm-hmm. the world next door is borderline anime, and that's about it. Like that's mm-hmm. that's anime through osmosis because it's a visual novel, and visual novels generally have an anime aesthetic, which I would not say the world next door does. But still, this mm-hmm. is really really mm-hmm. awesome. Maybe it's like new age anime where everything's really cute. Because I'd be into that. <sighs> new age, yeah. This is like Saturday morning cartoon <laughs> anime. Yeah, exactly. Like- I don't know. It's weird. Uh, but I'm very excited for it. It's definitely something that will come down to price point. I believe mm-hmm. uh, to pick up Garden Story, I probably wouldn't pay more than 10 or 15 bucks. If it was like 20 25 whatever, that's just too much. It's really cute and really interesting, but I don't know. It just doesn't seem worth the money, which sounds really bad because I love indie games. But sadly, that's the state of indie games is if it's not like below 20 bucks. It's not really possible. I don't know. It feels weird. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, personally, I think that this is going to be a, um, excuse me, a $20 price point. Yeah, more than likely. It just, <laughs> just seems like that's going to be what, it's, what it is. So we'll see. Uh, I think that's a little high for me to pick this up. Like I said, this would probably be more of like wait until it's on sale kind of a thing. But that's not to say it's not a good game or it's not going to be it's just this isn't my style of like a first day pickup kind of game all right all right so are you ready to get crammed biggest mm, savage just boys cram me oh man you aren't gonna you aren't gonna do the this cram thing do i have to i mean you can if you want you don't have to all right it's okay i'll do it cram 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 oh wow that was so much more enthusiasm just to let you guys know this is 
a new and improved version of Newscram. We will no longer just be giving you the headlines. If you guys like this, make sure you let me know on Twitter. Uh, so I went through our Newscram stuff and I wrote just little blurbs about it. Um, nothing too special. Now you guys just get to hear me trip on my own words. Uh, this week in Newscram, we have two awesome Indie game stories. We're going to go over them real quick, and then we're going to hop into some new stuff for you guys. So our first indie game news story is in an interview with Twinfinite, Lucas Russell and Dave Mervik, maybe, I don't know how to say their names, honestly, of Tarsair Studios, explained that the studio has learned from the feedback given by players of the original Little Nightmares, and in the sequel, they're targeting for a bigger game with more environments, more variety, and more enemies, as well as possibly revamping the checkpoint system and other technical uh, technical upgrades. For those looking forward to playing the unlikely legend of Rusty Pup on your Nintendo Switch, I have some bad news for you. Developer uh, Chris Sever, I believe is his name, said in an interview with VGC... I've lived and breathed Rusty Puff for uh, for nearly four years now, day in and day out. So I need a bit of a break to work on other things. And the longer you leave something behind, the more difficult it is to return to. So your dreams of a Switch port coming anytime soon are simply going to have to stay that way. Work on Conquer. Yeah, yeah. I didn't actually notice that he... Well, I did notice that, but I didn't include that he is actually one of the original developers on Conquered, and this was meant to be like a spiritual successor of Conquer's Bad Fur Day. No, it's not the same. Yeah, I... I don't think it looks the same at all, but uh, yes, you can go and play the Unlikely Legend of Rusty Pup on your PC. Uh, This news was specifically just about the Switch port. So, Mm -hmm. time for some new stuff. Uh, Studio NDHR has just released official sheet music for their indie darling Cuphead's amazing soundtrack. Prices range from $5 all the way to $50, depending on the difficulty and type of sheet music you'd like. As of yesterday, players in Dreams can now check out a fantastic new kaiju game uh, titled Ruckus, Just Another Natural Disaster. I love it so much. The character looks like this fat-ass salamander. I love it. It's amazing. It's so cute. He, like, eats planes and shit. It's great. If you guys have Dreams, go check it out. I honestly oh, thought I about dreams. buying Dreams specifically for it. I mean, Dreams outside of, like, your actual Dreams. You know what I mean? Yeah, daydreaming. I daydream all the time. I'm doing it right now. Boom, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, new players wanting to hop into No Man's Sky can do so with an awesome physical release of No Man's Sky Beyond hitting store shelves on September 10th. I already have the uh, the No Man's Sky. Like I bought the limited edition, so I have a steel case. Yeah, yeah, but I will wow. more than likely uh, eventually when this is like $15 or 10 bucks in a pawn shop or something, I'll pick it up just for the case because that's what I do. Uh, of course. Because why not just waste my money on it? <laughs> yeah. Well, just remember, the little voice in the back of your head, uh, a.k.a. me, will be telling you not to do it. I know. I just need to, like, uh, get, like, a chip in my head that's just yeah, your gonna... voice, like, constantly saying, you really need to buy that right now, dude? Come on. <laughs> I'm going to just, I'm going to get uh, an audio clip of me and just send that to you. And you could just set that as, like okay i'll i'll give you my number and i'll just text you periodically and you just keep that as the ringtone so every time i text you it'll play and i'll just text you through you know random times of the day and i'll just assume that it's going to be this time you're probably out about to pick something up and i'll save you that sounds like a pretty fantastic way to keep me from spending money actually (laughs) 
because I would feel so uncomfortable. Just like my phone, my phone going off in general makes me uncomfortable. So I always mm. have it on vibrate or silent. But if it went off and it was just you being like, "Hey, bitch, you better not buy the fucking game," I'd be like, "Oh man." Oh, no, I wouldn't do it that way. That's not my style. I would probably scream it more like you do with Fogs. <laughs> I was so happy when I got to that point of the podcast last week that uh, I could hear it very clearly. I was like, all right. I was afraid I got too far away from the mic. No, it was like a perfect amount of, you could tell it's loud, but you're not like destroying someone's ears. Awesome. Uh, all those waiting for Supergiant's latest game, Hades, to leave Epic exclusivity. You'll nice. soon be able to play this roguelike dungeon crawler on Steam Early Access this December 10th. A new Zelda-inspired action-adventure game titled Legend of the Skyfish will soon be making a splash on PlayStation 4, Vita, Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch this Friday, August 30th. Do you like that little pun I did there? Because it's a yeah. fish and yeah, splashes. Nice splash. I know, I know. So, it's pretty good. So it's good. good. So good. I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one. Uh, (laughs) Uncanny uh, action platformer Whoopo is receiving an updated release featuring an all-new co-op mode and a Switch port on September 5th. I'm so excited. Oh, man. This is one of those things where I might actually get it even though I have it. It's such a good game. You (laughs) you should get this game. It's so good. We've gone over this before. I have Whoopo, but I never played it. Oh, you piece of shit. This is why I will never play Hyper Light Drifter. (laughs) Uh, developers mommy's best games is officially bringing their grotesque action adventure game piggy eat ball to the nintendo switch on october 18th it's so gross i fucking hated looking at it i like how you called it piggy eat ball that's what it's called it's pig eat ball is it isn't it i swear it's piggy eat ball maybe it is actually piggy ball (laughs) let me look it up Oh my god, I can't see my shit. Oh fuck, it is Piggy Ball. <laughs> okay, I think well, Piggy Eat Ball, Ball would be a better name, though. I think you're right. You're right. It should yeah, be they that. should pay me for that. Let's These, be real. I'm yeah. giving you all sorts of new advertising opportunities. Maybe that'll uh, be the sec- the sequel. I don't know, a sequel. <laughs> a sequel is Piggy Eat Ball. Yeah. All right. Uh, last weird. but not least, to round out this week's new stuff, Warehouse Simulator and Puzzle Game, Wilmot's Warehouse, will hit eShop shelves this Thursday, August 29th. So, biggest of average Josh boys. We've been blessed with so many amazing indie games news stories today that I think it's about time we give back to their creators in our next segment, God Bless the Crowd. This is mm-hmm. where the biggest of average Josh boys goes into all sorts of awesome crowdfunding sites, picks out some sweet ones for us to talk about, and we do so. Uh, today we've got two games in God Bless the Crowd. Uh, we've got Legend of Orion, uh, Heroes Hunt for Treasure, and Defend Their Horde in this dungeon-building adventure for the Nintendo Switch, and Downworld, Owl Flight, Pixel Art Platformer. So, let's hop into Little, uh, not Little, it's Legend of Orion, uh, colon Adventure, which is a little weird. They mm-hmm. are looking for $30,000. They currently have $4,377 with 59 backers and 17 days left to go. Uh, I'm going to be honest, and Uh-oh. I feel like I'm always brutally honest. Uh-oh. One, their tears is dumb. Not really a fan of it. Uh, $5 gets you your name in the credits. $15 gets you a character print signed by our lead character artist uh, and your name in the credits. And then $25 fucking dollars 
actually gets you a copy of this game and gets you exclusive early access to the <laughs> necromancer hero character alongside the uh, aforementioned two perks and i also i'm gonna tell you right now this is a boring ass trailer it is Ooh, so boring damn. i would it's probably the reason they're not making a whole lot of money is because this trailer is so boring it is literally just i i would rather a goofy ass trailer like cow game than this super boring trailer i'm sorry that's just i had to say it you know (laughs) gotta gotta spit the real truth yeah i'm just i'm just i'm coming at you straight guys that's what i do okay i guess so i also really like that uh bolin is a ginger boy i like him he looks cool he's one of my peeps you know yeah is that who you're gonna be bolin uh no because i'm not gonna buy this fucking game it's 25 damn stupid (laughs) (laughs) all right well god damn uh yeah honestly like i picked this game because i fuck i love the idea of it like it sounds really cool the way it's it's like a a mario maker of like dungeon like crawling games and i thought that would be so cool to be able to have you know like a game where you basically can get with your friends and say like, oh, I'm going to create this really hard dungeon, this crazy, like there's going to be a bunch of bosses in there and you're going to have to get to the end. And then you let them play and go and try to get to the end and try to, you know, go through your own experience that you've created, which sounds really cool, but then you get to it and it definitely does look very basic. It kind of reminds me of what they're trying to push with the new Zelda game that's coming out in September. Um, the Link's Awakening one. Link's Awakening looks great. But oh, the how dungeon, it includes that dungeon building section? Yeah, that weird dungeon building thing looks kind of boring because it's like, I don't know, it just doesn't look like there's much customization. Which, granted, that's tough to do with a game like this, especially if you're you know just starting it up because you obviously need to make something that both feels and looks very aesthetically pleasing and to make that totally customizable is a little bit difficult obviously since you need to create every piece a certain way but like 25 is a pretty high point for what you're seeing just now and in the comments there are like there is one person who was like hey this looks like really underdeveloped for what it is like are these certain things and they're like no it's different we're working on that we're working on the ui like this clearly is a game that if you know they're wholeheartedly invested in they could create and back something that would be really worthwhile um but how it plays right now at least from those the the trailers that they've shown it does look a little basic yeah, I I I think this game looks really cool just like you do, but I'm I'm not sold on it. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that Kickstarters or just crowdfunding like sites really have to do is try to sell you on their game. And right. this definitely doesn't. And there could be the argument that hey, maybe I should just download the demo and try it out and maybe that'll sell me on it because I do like the concept of building your own dungeons. I think that's super fun. I do mm-hmm. like the added benefits of people being able to rate your like rate your dungeon and then more people come to it the higher rating you have i think that's cool i think basically everything about this is cool i really like the character designs they're kind of chibi nature the shade looks really cute and of course bolin my boy the ginge you know but uh 
just one, the $25 price point is excessive. Two, that trailer is just so fucking boring. It's just... <laughs> I feel like you just can't do that on Kickstarter because it just... It, it showcases what the game is, which is really honest, and I like that. But mm-hmm. it does it without any sort of showmanship, without any kind of like, I don't know, like big bangs and stuff. It's just, there's nothing interesting in the trailer. It's just somebody obviously like playing an early build of the game and like just text on the mm-hmm. top of the screen. It's like, okay, this is, I like the way your game looks. I would actually not need much to nudge me over the edge and want to play your game. But the fact that this trailer is so boring kind of just immediately made me go the other way. I was like, I don't even want to try the demo. Like, this <laughs> game looks boring because this trailer is so boring. Yeah, marketing is a, is a big thing. Gotta yeah. know how to push your product. Yeah, I don't know. There's just I, I love the way the characters look. I love a lot about this game, but it's just... Fucking twenty five dollars, dude. I mean, it 25. is a pretty high. It's a high price point for what they're offering right now. Like, I'm, 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 I'd be really interested to see how much this is actually going to cost day of release. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty interested in that too. And I also, I would say that there is the added benefit in that twenty five dollar tier that you get the exclusive early access to that Shade Necromancer hero. I True. think that's cool. Um, but. I, I don't know. It's just, yeah, I'm skittish about it. I, I wouldn't pay $25. And there's only 14 backers on that tier, and I kind of understand why. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's 32 actual on the physical copy, which I like the physical copy. The physical copy's cool. It's 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's worth it. But the <laughs> physical copies like box art and stuff actually looks really interesting. I like a lot of their prints. Um, mm-hmm. because they're like character prints are really, really interesting. Like I said, I like the character designs a lot oh, really? and I, you should pay $15 for a signed one then. Well, I was going to say, actually, I do really like the $15 tier. If it included the game, that would be a perfect tier. That would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, Cause I'm normally sure. to get like cool character prints, let alone signed ones, you have to pay for higher tiers. But this one is like, Hey, 15 bucks. You get this awesome character print, and that's awesome. Getting physical goodies as well is really, really cool. But twenty-five dollars is just too much to ask for this for this game. I I understand there's there's obviously added benefits with you also getting the print there and you getting that additional exclusive early access character. But it's mm-hmm. just yeah, I'm I'm not in. They they didn't do enough <laughs> to sell me on this game to make me want to play it. All right, well, that's a shame. But, uh, yeah, I'm kind of there with you. Maybe when it comes out, I'll check it out. But at, at yeah. this very moment, I'm pretty lukewarm. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same. Like like I said, I think this has such potential to be an amazing game if done correctly. Um, but where it's at right now, it's not something I'm willing to invest in. All right, now that we're on this downward spiral, you know what I mean? Let's hop over to downward. Uh, This owl-flight pixel art platformer. You play as Gable, a little owl, as she ventures into a haunted woods, a flight-based pixel art platformer. They are looking for $20,000. They have $1,895 with 110 backers and 12 days left to go. I actually do really like this game. I think it looks really, really interesting. My biggest gripe with 
with it is actually not to do with the trailer or anything. I thought the trailer was good. Uh, that actually sold me on the game. I think the Kickstarter overall is really, really good looking. The only thing that I would have any sort of issue with in this is I really like what they're going for here with their like their color palette it looks a lot like the return of Obra Dinn. i i really like that like muted color palette where it's just gray and like different kind or like one type one shade of green and black and white i think that's really cool but mm. there were times in the trailer that i didn't know what was the foreground and what was Dude, the background yes. very much yes this is why i was like when you were saying that how you're like oh i like the the color scheme blah blah i was like no because this like it's just really tough to see and get lost sometimes in this <laughs> i'm very confused at what exactly is happening half the time of where the owl can actually land yeah i i really like as like as a concept i think the color palette is really really cool and really good but the fact that it's that this is like a pixel platformer means you need to be able to see everything. And it seems mm -hmm. like at times in downward, you could hundred percent miss platforms cause you can't see them. They're just, it, it just blends into the background too easily, yeah. especially when you get to like the, 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 the like really wooded sections of the trailer. Yeah. I'm like, I don't even know where this fucking, what this thing is doing. It's going, <laughs> Like, it's going really fast, which is pretty interesting. Like, whoever played the game inside that trailer is obviously really good at it, which I'd yeah. assume so because it's probably one of the developers. But Yeah, it probably has some time with it. I mean, I think, I think this definitely lends itself to a game that you could play and it would be really impressive to look at when someone knows what they're doing because the fact that it's a platformer where you can fly makes it, very interesting especially since they're saying you can always fly as long as you have room and you don't touch anything but it goes in a certain motion like i think that there's a lot that you could do with this for speed running style that would be really neat to look at and neat to play if you get good at it but it the art style does i'm not gonna lie hurt my eye a little um which is kind of interesting that you compared it to Oberdin, which i said the same thing about that game yeah. which that just might be me but still it's also a little tough to get used to as far as what you're looking at, but I think the mechanics of it is really interesting. The The gripe that I had originally was it's very strange to put a flying mechanic in a platformer if, you know, platformers are generally about jumping from level to level, but it looks like a lot of the difficulty is more of you have to be pixel perfect about where you're flying into because there's just so many enemies and so many things around you. And Which it I also think... seems like you can't fly forever. It, it seems like you actually have to touch the ground. I don't know if that's true because there's one part where in one of the images they were flying in a big circle. And maybe that was just something different. But I, I thought I'd have to see. I'm not 100% sure. But I'm trying to look. Because there's one area where it looked like he was just flying forever. Oh, God. Some of the pallets in this are just disgusting to look at. I I hate when a game... Honestly, like when a game does that thing, like, oh, a big benefit of ours is that there's a hundred different palette colors when they try to go for this style of game. And it's like, yeah, but all of them are like disgusting to look at because it's terrible on the eyes other than like three of them. 
Yeah, I was going to say that we should bring that up, that our our gripe that this color palette is really muted and it's hard to see things. They do have different color palettes to choose from, mm-hmm. which is nice. And certain ones actually look like they would they would help with that issue. Like right. the, uh, I, I don't know, the like red one, I feel like wouldn't be too bad. Um, and the more Halloween, the Halloween yeah, one. Yeah, I think the, the Halloween one is probably the best. Yeah, because it has those oranges that help you really see platforms. Um, Yeah, I really like this game. That's really my only issue with it. I actually really like the the inclusion of kind of like the the fan art kind of stuff that's in there in their uh, Kickstarter. How it's Mm -hmm. legitimately drawn or painted sections of Gable like attacking pumpkins and shit. I think it's really cute. I like that a lot. And, like, down near the bottom, how they included an actual, like, pixel art representation of Gable, but in a more real, like, a realistic sense. Something that you'd see in, like, an RPG's, like, character screen. I like how they have that for Gable, because I think it's a really, really cute owl. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think... I think this definitely looks interesting, and it probably would be a lot of fun to play um, just because of the unique mechanic that you wouldn't often see in games, especially from a platformer's point of view. Um, But the reality of this, unfortunately, is I don't know if they're going to make it because they're at such a low point right now with only 12 days to go. Yeah, it uh, it should also be said that this is a solo developer. So mm-hmm. I think $20,000 is is kind of a lot. I mean, but we've we've talked about well, this before, not understanding like the the high amount that you'd need. And yes, $20,000 especially depending on where you live, 20,000 actually isn't that much for one person. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I don't really know. Does it have in here anywhere where he says what he or she? I'm not certain um, about this developer. But uh, does it say anywhere what they'd use the money on? How they have that split? They do have mm. a uh, a download of the game. I mean, they have like a, a Game Boy cartridge, which is cool. But I don't <laughs> yeah, think that's no. real. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it doesn't look like they have, let's see, in Risks and Challenges, this is my first Kickstarter, I'm a solo dev, and it's game development, any kind of software can be fiddly and unpredictable, as a result, I'm trying to keep it simple, uh, blah, 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 I already have a living freeware version of the game developed and playable, uh, yeah, no, it doesn't look like there's anything on what the money is going to go to. This is also like the longest Kickstarter ever. I know, yeah. There's there's a lot to it. He even like he or she even makes a joke about it where it's like you made it to the bottom, and it's like a it's like a dead bird. It's like floof, <laughs> floof. <laughs> yeah, I don't know too much about where it's going as far as you know the the main like where all of the money would be pushed into, and it seems like honestly they're at a playable you know version of it so i don't know really what needs to be done from this kickstarter as far as the twenty thousand dollars i'm not sure yeah it would all be going to possibly Um, refining the game to make the color palette a little bit different (laughs) yeah they'll add some more colors uh yeah i don't know i mean i think this is something that 
could use a little bit more polish with that, but it seems like there's a good amount to it already. Um, but I also don't know anything about development and how much things cost. And I'm sure this is still on par with what they might need for, you know, publishing, for actual finishing up the project, for polishing everything. There's a lot of legal fees that go into this. Like, it probably makes sense. Um, I'm actually interested that this isn't doing better than uh, it is, but I don't know. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. I would assume that this would do a lot better because mm-hmm. it looks good. It's got a good trailer. Like, I don't know, maybe... Uh, I, I was going to say something about maybe it being due to, like, the sheer length of the Kickstarter because it doesn't... The game is only 10 bucks. It's not too much. The actual... Uh, the different tiers that you can do aren't bad. They're they're pretty standard. You get the game, wallpapers, digital art books, and stuff like that. So I don't really know why this isn't doing better. It uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just not getting as much of a spotlight as it should, which I guess we're kind of like trying to contribute to right now is talking people into buying it. It looks really cool. You guys could check it out. It's over on Kickstarter. Uh, so I think it's about time we round down this podcast with two random questions these sent in from friends of the show you guys can actually get your questions read on indie incursion and indie games podcast i'm going to tweet out a link every monday before we record the podcast we record on wednesdays so you have two days to uh send us in some just random questions it could be indie game related it could be just game related it could be i don't know testicular like region <laughs> questions you know what i mean it could I be mean. pretty much anything and i'll make uh i'll answer it i don't think josh will answer it but i'll answer it you know what i mean <laughs> i don't know but I guess it depends on how testicular it is <laughs> Today we've got two questions from Jake Decker of GameSpot fame. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Wow. After Dark, really good podcast. You guys should oh, check man. it out. I could listen to, to Jake and Callie talk about freaking Pokemon and shit all day, dude. And Lucy James, it's a great podcast. You guys should check it out. Uh, and yeah. we also have Jonathan Moore, the founder of Parallax Media. Both of these guys wrote in. So let's start with Jake's question. We've got... What's an indie game everybody tells you you need to play, but deep down you know you'll never play? And his is Braid. That's, I, I don't think I'll never play Braid, but I've owned it for a long time, and I've never, never even thought about picking it up. I'll like, never play playing. it. I have the same, like, I don't know if my reasoning is the same as his, but, like, I have this weird thing where I'll tell myself I like those 2D kind of puzzle games, like Braid or, like, Trine. And I'm always like, yeah, those games are fun. And then I'll play one and I'll get an hour in and I'll be like, this is exhausting. I don't want to do this. And like, (laughs) I just can't ever push myself to play those games more. Like the minute I start getting that, like, "Eh, I'm kind of stumped in this part. I'll like, I'll think about it for a while. I'll get past it and I'll be like, oh, that was, you know, that was rewarding. And then I'll get to the next part and I'll be like, I'm not doing this again. Like, (laughs) So what is your, is yours actually just braid or you just... Yeah, Are dude, you just Brit. stealing no. Jake Decker's? <laughs> no, mine is Stardew Valley. Holy shit, that's mine too. I fucking, I kind of knew that that was gonna come <laughs> up. 
<laughs> I mean, mine. That's that's one of mine. That is my like illogical one. I'm not yeah. gonna play it because I fucking hate those pickaxe animations. Just really any sort of item animation in that game. I actually really like the character and like enemy designs, but I just hate those animations so much. Nah, dude, I can't. I mean, in general, I really don't care much for farming simulator type games. And like, but it's I also just... a dating sim, and you can oh, mine man. and kill stuff. People and there's a lot of people who are like, "Oh, it's such a great game!" Like, blah, blah blah. Like, I always hear that, but it just looks so so boring. Like, I don't know. I <laughs> I'll never get into it. <laughs> I love uh, listening to like the Joe Rogan podcast, and I've heard like uh, big rappers go on there and they'll talk about it. They're like, "Yeah, I'd like to play Stardew Valley to wind down." What I'm like, "What the, the fuck?" fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I never would have guessed, but apparently, yeah, it's just kind of a relaxing game, except for when you're, like, trying to smash, you know? And then I imagine it gets a little bit more heated. Oh, man. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I forgot to bang. Yeah. Yeah, Like, in the game. I was like, It's like a pig in a poke, you know? Yeah. I thought you were talking about, like, trying to smash, like, like bringing a girl over and be like, yo, let's play some Stardew Valley. I was like, what? What? How would that (laughs) work? Netflix and chill, but with Stardew Valley. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You could play with my joystick, big Josh boy. Mm-mm. All right, <laughs> let's let's not. Uh, let's move on. Uh, what was yours? Oh, I have another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have That's the what Stardew I wanted Valley, to know. and then I also have, and this is gonna re- surprise. I would think uh, probably nobody. It is actually uh, Fez. I. Oh, you know what? That's actually no. funny since it's coming out like for free, or it, it just was out for free. I think you could still get it today. Uh, yeah, on the Epic Game Store. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, I think I'm actually gonna play it. Oh shit! I actually meant to include that. I think I might have accidentally skipped over it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, Celeste and Inside are free games on the Epic Game Store. No, this no, week. no, no, because that's yeah. So today yeah. is the last day you can get Fez. So if you're listening to this episode, you're too late. <laughs> um, and you can now get Celeste. Which oh man, that's crazy. Uh, and, and Inside and Inside. You can I'm super. See what that sex doll's all about. I know. I'm super hyped because I've always wanted to play Inside, and this is like the perfect opportunity since now it's free. Yeah, yeah, but uh, Fez. I and this is I would say this is probably the most legitimate reason that I won't play a video game because most of mine are really nitpicky and stupid. It actually gives me motion sickness. The oh. like the how the screen turns, mm-hmm. it has mm-hmm. actually like almost made me throw up before. And wow. I might need to just try it not on a small screen because I was playing it on my PS Vita, but Hmm. It really threw me off. It made me super nauseous, and I was like, "I'm gonna throw up in this Les Schwab, dude. Damn. Like, I need to stop playing this." And I'll I actually really, that. really like the way that Fez. Like, I love. I think his name is Gomez, the main character. I love him a lot, and I've actually even thought about buying plushes and figures of him because I love <laughs> his design so much. Yeah, he's but super cute. I just can't play the game. Damn, that sucks, dude. That's how I like. I'll have to pay attention to that because I've noticed that I'm starting to get like weird uh, issues when I play games. I don't know why lately. I just, I guess I can't like look at screens the way I could when I was a kid. I don't fucking know. Um, So maybe that'll happen to me. But the same thing happened to me with uh, one of the Batman games. I can't remember. It was like, it wasn't Arkham Asylum or Arkham City, but it was one of the later ones. And for some reason I would just play it and I would instantly get nauseous and I just couldn't go through it, which sucked because I love the Batman games. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's probably Origins or Night. I would assume Night in the Batmobile, where you just I like think, 
Yeah, I don't remember. Around. I think it was night, but I, I remember being like, oh, I'm getting really sick and like looking it up and there was a whole big thing about it. And I was like, oh, shit, it's not just me. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, I guess I won't play this game then. All right, then uh, our last question, our second question and last <clears throat> question is from Jonathan Moore. And it is, is FIG or just how it operates a better way of crowdfunding than, say, Kickstarter for indies? With FIG, you can invest in a game and uh, that may be a better way to get more people or get more money if people think they can actually get something uh, like a return on their investment. So right. do you want me to handle this question? Yeah, you can answer it, and I'm just going to pop in and talk about something dumb, just okay. just like well, normal, we, but yeah, I mean, go we ahead. Can, we can go with the dumb thing first if you want. I was just going to say, I, I'm still wondering, and I wonder if Double Fine is ever going to talk about this, how exactly they're, like, <clears throat> what amount of money or what share the investors on FIG are going to get for the, like, acquisition of... Uh, like Microsoft's acquisition of Double Fine, and right. the like. What I would assume is the like their bigger budget for Psychonauts two, as a result of that. I wonder if the the people that actually invested on Fig are gonna get any money from that. And that's that's really my only issue with Fig is that mm-hmm. oddly specific situation. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll talk to that and to the the main question so um so to answer the question in kind of a roundabout way uh it it kind of depends um fig and kickstarter are obviously very similar in the fact that they're both crowdfunding sites to build out some creative project that you have you say to yourself i have an idea i have you know this prototype i want to market it to people well the difference is with fig and we've touched upon this before Fig takes that approach, and instead of it being the traditional crowdfunding site of saying, hey, I have an idea, give me money, and then you'll potentially get that product. With Fig, Fig is more of like a shark tank kind of thing. So if you don't know what I mean, essentially you have to pitch your idea to investors and people from Fig who then say whether or not you can actually go ahead and create a fig project. So with Kickstarter, it's much different because Kickstarter, really anyone who's like over 18 and has uh, a bank in the state or location that Kickstarter is fine with, then you can create it. And if you get to your certain financial goal, you get the money. And if you don't, you don't get the money. Fig, totally different in the fact that you need to, like I said, basically pitch your idea, a full prototype of here's what I have and this is what my game can do and this is why you should feel confident creating a Fig backing project campaign for me um, is obviously much more inclusive. So yes, it could be better for an indie developer, but unfortunately Fig, the way they revolve around their work is they'll only have generally one to two campaigns running at a single time. And what that means is it's very limited. The reason why they do this is because Fig is more involved in the publishing and the backing of your product. So when you sign up with Fig, one of the reasons why those investors who are basically pushing money into your game uh, do that is because they get what's known as fig shares so fig you can either 
back money into the game just like you normally would on Kickstarter, or you can become what's known as an investor. And an investor puts in a much higher sum of money with the assumption that, hey, I believe in this game, I believe in it selling well and being successful, and with that, I'll get some returns on the amount of money that I put in. You're basically buying shares, not in the game's IP, not in the company itself, but in FIG shares, which is essentially the marketing that FIG is doing and the money that FIG is taking. They get some of the money, they get a percentage, and then they give that percentage of that away to those investors. So That sounds weird. <laughs> I know, it is, it's a little convoluted, but essentially what it rounds out to is you give a big portion of money and you potentially get money back and what it does is every six months they round up quarterly how much that percentage of what you gave in equates to what money you get back from the sales that happen from the game and that's anything inside the game so that might be microtransactions that might be um, you know DLC purchases to it um, but it won't last more than that game itself so say psychonauts makes psychonauts 3 all of those fig investors who had backed that will not receive anything for psychonauts 3 it would just receive anything from the proceeds of psychonauts 2 um there's a lot into this um basically jonathan your question is yes it's better for indies but it's so much more exclusive and it's so much tougher to actually have that amazing working prototype to go with fig um that it generally won't work out for a lot of people um and also you have to take into fact there's you know certain factors of fig doing your publishing for you helping out with a lot of the marketing being a co-publisher in this um so you're obviously signing a contract with them i tried to do some research i couldn't find out what those contracts mean i'm sure it goes case by case since they're doing this on you know a one to two every so often basis that they probably make a deal with you when you're prototyping it and they probably make that deal based on how successful they think you're going to be and how confident you are whereas with kickstarter you're really looking at generally about an eight percent of your profits getting taken out and that's kind of it because kickstarter doesn't really care about you uh not to not to say it like that but but essentially they don't kickstarter is just there as the platform to basically say hey we're gonna take five percent of your profits and the money transaction side of things is going to be about three to five percent of your profits as well and then from there you kind of take it and leave it like kickstarter doesn't really do anything for you they essentially allow you the platform to promote your product but they're not going to help you really the most they'll do as far as help is tagging you as projects they like but fig specifically is like you're not going to get you know stuck at the bottom of anything because there's an obvious cue of hey here's the one or two things we're working on so you're going to get you know that 15 minutes of fame so to speak but it's incredibly hard to actually be the one on fig all right then that was pretty thorough I didn't yeah. expect that. I didn't actually know that Figo had like a limited amount of spots. I expected mm-hmm. it to be more like Indiegogo or Kickstarter. No. So, no, that's thank why you very I mean much. that's why like with those Fig things like we generally do a lot of Kickstarter because honestly like Fig is very limited in when they'll actually come out with a new game, so it's not often that I can use their games. And Indiegogo just generally it's it's honestly a very messy site for a video game kind of 
uh, backed campaigns just because their filtering is awful. Um, so I generally took. I mean, stick sadly, with the same anyway. thing could be said to Kickstarter as well. They're I mean, like, I think I want to look for is... games, and then it's like board games, magazines. I mean, but you can, yeah. But once you go into games, once you find a video game, if you look, there's a tag for that video game that has video games, and then you click on that, and then you get only video games. Oh, see, this is why the big Josh boy finds the God bless the crowd stuff because I did not know that. Yeah, I see. personally was like, Jesus, Kickstarter, fix your fucking site. This is annoying as hell. Speaking of, dude, I went, I was like, you know what? I like GameSpot a lot. I'm going to go make sure I check, like, news stories on GameSpot. I hate the way that they have their news stuff because every other site sorts them by the date that it's published. I don't know what GameSpot does, and it's very possible that I could actually choose a sorting like, I could actually uh, basically, like, add a filter that it's like, oh, sort by date. It's possible that I could do that. But on first inspection of GameSpot's, like, news set, I was going through and I was like, okay, I'm just trying to look for, like, indie games articles from the past week. Mm-hmm. And I started mm-hmm. to notice that it would be like, this was posted one day ago. And then it was like seven days ago. And then it was like <laughs> three days ago. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm sure there's a way to filter it differently. But I yeah. would assume so, but that initially really annoyed me. So, hey, <laughs> you Jake, that, Jake, if you're listening, fix yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's in charge of the website. Uh, that's about it for us today. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is the first time in a long time we actually haven't ended on a morose, just like super dark tone. You I know, know what I you mean? You know why? It's because you didn't create the question. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's very true. So please write in if you like these more cheery endings. Uh, That's it for us. If you guys like this show and you want to chat with us outside or write in your question, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at IndiePod. You can follow me at HydeLegion. And you can follow Josh at the underscore George. 90 super easy to find us on there i i would assume we pretty much always reply back to anything people say or Mm -hmm. i'll leave a like because i just want you to know that i'm thinking about you or like looking at you or whatever that's actually (laughs) supposed to mean you know (laughs) a little creepy there at the end (laughs) i'm like looking at you and then you just see me outside your like window like staring at you (laughs) hey there thanks for writing in that's so nice of you (laughs) uh that's it for us today thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you guys next week Bye, guys.